You're listening to the Tenuto Podcast presented by me, Kevin Lynch. If you want to support the show, go on to Facebook and like our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Tenuto Podcast. And welcome back to another episode of the Tenuto Podcast, where we are becoming our full value as teachers by listening to interviews conducted with some of the best teachers in the business. And speaking of good teachers, my student teaching co-op, Chad McCartney, band director at Northern York County Middle School, is on the show today with a great interview that was really inspiring, and I'm sure that you're going to love it. But before we get into that, I just quickly wanted to thank everyone that's been listening so far. The amount of support that I've been receiving has been really, really inspiring. I really didn't expect so many people to listen to the show, um, and your support is really encouraging. Uh, What's been happening is beyond my wildest expectations so far, and I'm really excited for the direction that the podcast is going. We've gotten some good guests to to come on so far, and we've also got some really, really good ones coming on in the near future. We've already got our guests for next week lined up. So it's going to be a good one. I'm really, really excited. So, But speaking of our guests, let's talk about Chad McCartney. He is my student teaching co-op. He was my student teaching co-op, I should say, and he is one of my biggest mentors in my life. And that made me think a lot about the term mentor and how important it is to have a mentor as your first year teaching and even just in general in life. It's always important to have somebody to look up to, someone that you really respect and someone that you really admire in a mentor is so, so important. I think having a mentor basically means that you have a brain to pick. There's an ear willing to listen, and there's a push in the right direction. Throughout my life, I've had so many different mentors, whether it be athletic coaches or music teachers, like my trombone professor, my, my private lesson instructors, or my, my student teaching co-op and these teachers that I'm co-teaching with now. I've always had some really, really great mentors, um, and... Last year, I was placed with Chad McCartney out at Northern York County Middle School. And it's a, it's a funny story how I got out there because I was not at all happy when I found out I was going to be student teaching in Dillsburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, all my friends were super, super excited about their student teaching placements. And I remember really wanting to live close to my uncle who lived out in Pittsburgh because I wouldn't have to pay to move far away from Penn State. Uh, Penn State has this program where you're sent away from the college to really be submersed into the environment of your school and you have to get a new place to live. So I was hoping that I could just live 
close to my uncle so I could live there and not have to pay rent for an extra, what, four months. So uh, when I found out that I was going to be living in Dillsburg, Pennsylvania, and the only research that I found on the area was that they drop a giant pickle in the center of the town square on New Year's Eve, I just remember thinking, oh, this is going to be interesting. And uh, when I got there, I met Chad McCartney a couple of months before I actually started. And he was wearing this Star Wars shirt, and I thought he was going to be this total dweeb. But he actually turned out to be a pretty awesome mentor and friend now. We talk all the time. I tell him everything that's going on in my teaching. I talk to him about different things I'm doing in the classroom, different gigs I'm getting outside of teaching, and he's so, so positive and such a good person to have in my life. Um, when I was student teaching with Chad, he taught me so much about teaching, and he also taught me a lot of things outside of teaching. He played in a ska band. His band is called Fink's Constant. So here's a little shameless plug if you want to go check out his band. They're on Spotify. They're on YouTube. Fink's Constant. Chad is the trumpet player. But they would play on Saturday nights, and they would have these gigs. And uh, I, me and my, my student teaching friends from the area would actually go out, and we would go to Chad's gigs, and we would cheer him on, and we were super loud, and he absolutely loved it. And at intermission, he would come over and he would talk to us. And he would tell us stories about the band and the things that he learned from being in a band for all these years. Um, he's been teaching for 20 years, so he's, got, he's accumulated a lot of stories. And just being able to pick his brain outside of school was such a fun experience. And then now, as a teacher and a semi-amateur podcaster, I was able to pick his brain again with an interview and I'll tell you, just sitting next to the guy, asking him these questions, I just, I started feeling so inspired. He really has a way of inspiring his students and inspiring all the people that he meets. So let's kick it to the interview I did with Chad McCartney, director of bands at Northern York County Middle School. All right, I'm sitting here with my student teaching co-op, Chad McCartney. Chad, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. So when you started playing an instrument, you chose the trumpet. Can you talk a little bit about why you chose the trumpet? Because a lot of the students that are coming into sixth grade here in Virginia are choosing the strings or they're choosing chorus, and we're losing a lot of kids to those classes. Talk a little bit about why you chose the trumpet. Of course. Um... We took something called the PMMA, which was the Primary Measure of Musical Aptitude Test when I was in fourth grade. It involved listening to a series of pitches in a variety of registers. And based on your answers, it would kind of steer you towards, hey, you can hear pitches in this register, you can hear pitches in that register. And actually, I was supposed to be a trombone player. Um, I think my band director just saw that I had long arms and thought that I could reach sixth position really easily. Uh, but he said that I should be a trombone player. My parents knew that I did not ride a bus to school. I walked to school every day. And so as a result, they decided that the trombone would be too large for me to handle. 
And so they tried to find a brass instrument that was smaller and more portable. And so they actually got me a cornet. And I didn't really know any different. I wasn't necessarily attached to any of that. I grew up singing a lot. And so I had a lot of music in my family and I sang a lot. And to me, this was just a way for me to kind of translate the music that was already in me. And so I was fine with that. And I actually played the cornet up until um, 11th grade. Wow. Um, yes. And they, uh, the thing that switched me over to the trumpet was the blue band. Uh, I was not going to be allowed to play the, trump, uh, the cornet in okay. the blue band. So I got a trumpet. I think it was my senior year. I used it <laughs> for the spring concert of my senior year. And after that, I was, uh, I was a bona fide trumpet player. So your junior year of high school, you already knew you wanted to go to Penn State and play in the blue band? I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I was accepted to Mont Alto. Um, I was actually going to be a genetic engineer. I was uh, enrolled in the molecular and cell biology portion of Penn State. And they accepted me not to main campus, but they accepted me to uh, Mont Alto. And I was not interested in going there. And so I auditioned for the Blue Band in their what they called the special admissions program. Um, and I went up to Penn State in February of... Uh, let's not put the date in there, shall we? <laughs> it was a while ago. I went up there and <laughs> I auditioned and uh, they gave me the call and I was actually at County Band. I was in Adams County Band when I got the call and they're like, yeah, we had 45 people audition and uh, you placed second. And so we're going to put you in the blue band. And so they had to transfer me to main campus to nice. allow me to march in the blue band as a freshman, which was, I mean, I was, oh. It was amazing. What a, what a wonderful feeling. I can still remember how, how awesome it was to be accepted into such a, an awesome organization. Yeah, I remember my first game, just walking out on the field with the blue bands. That's something you'll never forget. Unforgettable. Absolutely unforgettable. The feeling that you have in the tunnel mm-hmm. and just the sense oh, of camaraderie and the crowd cheering for you. It was, it was definitely unforgettable. I'll never forget that experience. Yeah. And it seems like you had a pretty unique path to becoming a band director and becoming where you are right now. I was going for uh, genetic engineering, actually. My first couple of classes were in molecular and cell biology and uh, chemistry and things like that. So was there like a moment that you changed your mind or what? Tell me about the day when you realized you wanted to be a band director. Um, My first semester at Penn State uh, was very much of a struggle for me for a variety of reasons, but my grades reflected that struggle. Um, I had some problems. Some things that I learned in high school didn't necessarily translate well to the college level, and I was, I was struggling most with math. Calculus was definitely my kryptonite, and I was struggling really hard, and I was looking for a different path because I kind of knew that as while I was doing well in the biology, there were other aspects that were really holding me back to the point that I knew that I would really be struggling. And so I was really doing some soul searching. And at one point I, I, you know, I looked around and I thought to myself, my trumpet got me here. You know, I, I auditioned and they said I placed second out of 45, so I guess I did okay. Maybe this is something that I, I could really enjoy and, and maybe try and teach others how to enjoy their music as well. And so I, I went to Penn State and I went up to um, the music department. I said, I'd like to transfer into music. And they said, no, nope, you can't do that because you didn't audition. <laughs> and I said, but I'd really like to try. And they're like, no, nope, sorry. So I went and I tried anyway because you could 
kind of dial in your courses. And so I went to the phone and I dialed in my courses and I took a bunch of music classes. And at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the semester, yeah, don't try this at home, kids. Uh, at the end of the semester, I went to the, the dean of the school, Lyle Merriman, and I said, look, I just got a 4.0. Um, please give me a shot. I can, I'll remember to this day, I can remember him taking off his glasses and kind of putting his fingers to the bridge of his nose and shaking his head and going, well, I'm not making any promises, but we'll go ahead and let you give it a try. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then four years later, that same man shook my <laughs> hand as I was crossing the stage in uh, Schwab Auditorium. He said, congratulations, Chad, you made it. I said, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah. I never, that's amazing. That's great. Yep. Yeah, I had to fight tooth and nail. I had to prove myself on a, on a daily basis that yeah. I was worthy of being there with people who had had music all through high school who knew from a young age that they wanted to be right. music teachers. Right. And I, I was definitely inspired to, to rise to the occasion. And now be. you've been teaching for how many years? This should be 20. Wow. For me. I had my first full-time gig in um, 1996 is when I started teaching. So I guess they made a good choice letting you be a music ed major. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I, you know, I went back to Penn State for my graduate work as well. Um, um, and that was a very different experience. Uh, there was no hesitation on behalf of the faculty. Many of them already knew me. Um, and I actually, I felt like that was a very different experience for me and I, I enjoyed it greatly. It was a summers only program and I got to work really closely with some of my professors that I grew to really in, enjoy their company. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it was, it was definitely an interesting path Definitely an interesting path, not typical. <laughs> yeah, but now you're taking on student teachers like me, mm -hmm. and I mean, you've already taught me so much just from last year for the whole semester. Mm -hmm. you, you seem so confident in everything that you're doing. Has that always been the case as, your, as a band director? Um, I think confidence in myself and maybe not the content. I feel like since I've always approached this from a different angle from everybody else, I feel like I always had a perspective that maybe not everybody else has had. Yeah. And so I always, I always go with that. And it has not led me in a bad direction yet. Like everybody has always been very open to my ideas and my thoughts because they're not necessarily always mainstream. Um, when I teach, I adopt a persona of confidence that I may not necessarily have on the inside. Uh, but I knew that my personality wasn't necessarily one that was going to naturally attract people to music and to kind of hold the will of an ensemble as I'm rehearsing them. So I kind of have to adopt a teacher's, um, a teacher's attitude whenever I'm in front of, in front of kids. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and being in front of kids, it can be pretty hard to get their attention if you're just up there and really dry and not giving them a lot. What are, what are some ways that you're able to get the attention of your student? Because that's a big issue for a lot of people is kids will start talking and they won't be paying attention to your class. But you've, you've never seemed to have an issue with that from when I've been watching you teach. Um, I think the students in a classroom will naturally be drawn to something that kind of catches their attention. Um, you just have to make sure it's not anything other than what you want them to be paying attention to. And again, you have to, you have to be very large and in charge. Um, you have to come out from behind the podium. You have to grab their attention, and you don't, you don't let them have it back until you're done. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I do is, is you know, these are all 
People in this room are all oral learners, and so the quickest pathway to their brain is through their ears, and when they hear music, they will respond to it, um, even above and beyond the conversation they might be having. So the first thing I'll do oftentimes is I'll pick up my trumpet, or sometimes if I feel like mixing it up, I'll pick up a different instrument and I'll play. Yeah. And I'll pick up and I'll start to, to play a long tone or something, or I'll play a recording. And nine times out of 10, the kids either know that they've been trained to, oh, he's playing a note, I need to try and match it, or they'll just look up and it'll catch their attention and then I know I have it. And then it's mine to lose or right. mine to keep. <clears throat> yeah. And that's where the work begins once you have their attention. Right. Yeah. That's, that's funny, I forgot. There's so many things that I've learned from you that I just forget. Like now I do that all the time. It's like I'll pick up my trumpet or my trombone and just play a B flat and automatically the kids will know that it's time to match. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So that's a pretty good uh, technique to get them engaged. Is there anything else that you like to, like to do that you resort to if things are getting a little out of control? Yes. Um, I spend the first couple of rehearsals spending a lot of time on my three words, ready, set, and play. That are, they're posted on the wall mm -hmm. right here above where I stand. Um, and I, I try and keep the commands simple and easy to remember. And so that's why I use these different postures, the ready position, the set position, and the playing position. And I spend a lot of time with that. And I try and give them nonverbal cues that associate with those three words as well so I don't have to shout over top of them, ready or set or whatever. Uh, I try to give nonverbal cues um, and just train them to respond to those things. Uh, and they know, um, you know, if you can... If you can get them into an established routine, then the rehearsal will more or less run itself, or they will take part, uh, they will commit to making it themselves a part of the rehearsal, and hopefully uh, you don't have to do all the work then. Then yeah. they can actually, you know, um, be a part of this and, and know that it is time, oh, he's saying set, or he's standing behind the podium, he has the baton in two hands, that means that it's time for me to get ready, and they'll often police themselves, and now you've got some advocates in the band who are helping you to, to start rehearsal and to, right. again, to lend their attention to you that you can keep while, they rehearse, while you're rehearsing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. One of the coolest things about my student teaching experience with you was actually getting to watch you play outside of school with <laughs> your ska band, Fink's Constant. And you're really, I mean, honestly, you're living the dream of a lot of music ed students that are out there studying today because if you ask them, a lot of, like 90% of music ed students would probably say that their dream is to perform and to teach. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about how your band got together and what it's been like as a teacher and a performer? Oh, certainly. Um, I think to this day, I still consider myself a player that teaches. Mm -hmm. uh, I never want to become the teacher that just plays and picks up an instrument just kind of to teach. Um, and that's not necessarily a positive or negative thing. It's just how I've always viewed myself. I've always viewed myself that way. Uh, you know, some of my fondest memories at this point aren't necessarily of teaching music, right? Some of my earliest positive memories were of, of playing. And that's, that's my go-to thing. You know, when you arrived today, you saw that I had my trumpet out um, on this in-service day. And in between, you know, the different activities and the different meetings that I go to, I'll actually pick up my horn and I'll play. Um, it's just my place to go. It's my happy place to go, and it will always be my happy place to go. Um, I do feel that I'm extremely fortunate that I get to practice what I preach, and I get to um, perform. And I think it 
keeps fresh a lot of the memories that sometimes we can forget about as a performer, what it's to be like on, on that side of the stage, giving your music to the audience. And I think it's helped me to, to stay focused on some of the things that I might not have been able to remember um, had I just kind of gone into teaching and stuck myself on, that, on this side of the podium as opposed to the other side of the podium. Um, as it turns out, I guess it was 1996. Yeah, I think it was 1996. I got a call from one of my friends who uh, I played with in high school and okay. I marched in a drum corps with him. And this was your first year teaching, 1996? Yes, okay. yeah, my first year teaching. And he called me, he's like, hey, you got to come out and I'm putting a ska band together. And I said, boy, that sounds great. What is ska? And so I had to go do some research. I had no idea what he was asking me for. And I had, you know, I had background in jazz and mm -hmm. I played a lot of that. And that was always fun for me. But I had no idea um, that there was this whole world of music out there that, that I had not heard of this genre at all. And so I did some research and I did some listening. And, you know, I went to rehearsal and I, I can still remember it to this day. The, the, the very first song he puts in front of me was this lead sheet in, in uh, concert E major, F sharp, six sharps. He's like, all right, so play that head and then take 16 bars of a solo. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, okay, here you go. And you know, it was no looking back. Yeah. Um, it, we will be celebrating, I guess at this point, 17 years here. Uh, this coming weekend would be the 17th anniversary of our first gig. Uh, there are three of us that have still been in this band, Fink's Constant, for 17 years at this point. Wow. Um, and we've had a variety of other you know, people in and out. But I'll tell you, I don't think, knock on wood, I think our, our youngest player has been in the band for 10 years. So we've, we've stuck it together for a while. And we, we've had a lot of fun, a lot of wild stories. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun times, a lot of empty rooms but a lot of, of jam-packed dreams. We just played last week at the uh, Chameleon Club. And uh, now, I mean, we're like the old men of the industry. We, we've paid our dues, as mm -hmm. they say in the jazz, the jazz world, right? <laughs> sure. uh, but there were two other ska bands there, and they're like, oh, it's Fink's Constant. Oh, man, we really like having you guys here. And we're like, well, well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> we're not really sure ever what to say when people, you know, are actually enjoying what it is that we play. Mm -hmm. But it, it's, it's nice that we've been out and around and inspired some other people to kind of pick up the torch and run with it because we'd like to see more of that happen. Right. Um, I, I feel like, you know, it's necessary. It's, it's almost essential for teachers to continue to play, whether it's in that, sing in that church choir or to play in that brass quintet or to just find some outlet to play. We are all musicians at heart who choose to teach. And I think staying in touch with that aspect of our lives is essential to preventing burnout and to provide us with insight as a player and as a teacher. Yeah, absolutely. That was a great answer. Oh, thanks. <laughs> wow. That was me improvising in the key, in the key of F sharp, so. <laughs> All right, so I ask this to everyone that comes on, everyone that I interview. Okay. If you could go back in time and give one piece of advice to first-year teacher Chad, what would, you, what would you say? Oh, man. First year? Um, I would say don't forget to breathe <laughs> and pace yourself. Don't go too hard, too fast. Mm -hmm. um, and I say that a lot to student teachers like yourself or when you were student teaching here and to my interns, I always say, if you look at this program, understand it's a program that has been built over the course of 
10 years. Right. Um, I would not expect anybody to walk into the, this position and do all of the things that are going on at this point. And I think that is important to, to know the boundaries of what you're being expected to do and to do those things to the best of your ability and then maybe build upon that as needed. Um, sure. Because if you spread yourself too thin at, at first, you're going you're gonna to wear yourself down and you're going to lose sight of who you are. Yeah. Um, and it's, that quickly happened to me. I became overwhelmed pretty quickly. Um, and I forgot to breathe. And I, I did not necessarily go at the pace that I should have. And I think some, some, some things suffered as a result of that until I finally got my bearings and, and realized that hmm, there are some other things that I need to do. And I, I kind of reassessed what was important and what wasn't. Yeah. And uh, once I was able to get my feet under me, I think things went a lot better. And I realized that, yeah, I think I can do this. I think I can do this for a while. <laughs> and, and here I am 20 years later still doing it and still, you know, there are days where I'll sit in the parking lot and stare at the middle school and go, all right, here we go. Yeah. We can do this. We can do this. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's important to keep a good monitor of yourself. Always take your own temperature, so to speak. Yeah. And always know, you know, to, to keep breathing and to, to not go too far too fast. Know what your limits are. You know, Shakespeare says, to thine own self be true. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Because um, you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, you owe it to your kids to take care of yourself. You owe it to the profession to take care of yourself. Um, right. Because what we do is extremely important, and we have to take care of ourselves so that we can continue um, doing what it is that we do. All right, so this next part and this last part of the interview is called Rapid Fire, and we do this with every single one of our guests. I'm just going to ask you a question, and you say the first thing that pops into your head. Understood. Ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Favorite trumpet player to listen to? Wynton Marsalis. Okay. Method book that you could not go without? Arbenz. Do the Phillies have a chance this year? I hope so. <laughs> <clears throat> Hardest secondary instrument to play or to master? Oboe. Oboe. If you could teach an ensemble of one instrument other than the trumpet, what would it be? Ooh, trombone choir. Yeah, good choice. Mm -hmm. Good answer. <laughs> Favorite Olympic sport? Um, judo. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Good rapid fire session and great interview. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this and uh, keep, keep doing awesome things here in Northern York County. <laughs> I will certainly try. Thanks for having me on, Kevin. I appreciate it. It's always good talking to you. All right. And that was our interview with Chad. It was such a pleasure to interview him, like I said. And that's our show. Next week, we've got Charles Mangini, co-writer of the Essential Elements Method books and director of bands, professor of music, and president of Vandercook College out in Chicago. Got a great phone interview with him talking about how the Essential Elements books were written, what his role was in that, and delving into some deeper things like the Midwest Conference and what his college is all about. So 
stay on the lookout for that. And also, stay on the lookout for our Facebook page, Tenuto Podcast, and the Twitter page, at Tenuto Podcast. Go ahead and give those a like and a follow. If you like this podcast, you can also subscribe on iTunes and give us a rating. Uh, we, we've gotten a couple, and we'd love to get a couple more. So go ahead and do that. And I hope you guys have a great Tuesday and a great week. Keep grinding out there and inspiring these kids. We'll see you next time.